You are listening to The Alex Way. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Alex Way Show. This is a show about passion, dedication, and leadership in the soccer world, the soccer industry. In here, we um, have the opportunity to meet professionals of all sorts of paths and backgrounds uh, that are uh, having an impact, a positive impact in soccer, whether that is youth, amateur, semi-pro or pro soccer. We've had coaches, obviously, in abundance, and we've had um, uh, other professionals as well. So it is, it is just a pleasure to be here. I want to, before start, just uh, remind everybody that uh, this, this show is possible thanks to Sugar Bread Co. Follow Sugar Bread Co. if you're interested in gourmet style uh, or specialty bread loaves, you can go to their social media, uh, order via social media or email, and it'll be shipped to your home. It's bread made by a chef. Um, and also want to remind everybody in here that we have the podcast version as well as the YouTube version of the show. If you're more of a visual person, go to YouTube, my personal channel, Alex Moraes, or use the hashtag the Alex way to find it. And if not, then use any of the podcasting media or platforms such as anchor.fm and obviously Google Play, Spotify, and iTunes. Uh, all right. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome our guest for this next episode. Uh, and my guest is someone from the first team staff. He is Fernando Alva. Welcome to the show, Fernando, and thank you for your time. No, oh, thank you for, for having me here. And um, yeah, I'm excited to, to share any sort of experiences of what I went through from a growth, from a personal standpoint of view, and then as well, a little bit about me. So I'm very happy that you have me here in your show. So I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm so excited because Fernando is not only a coach, he has a coaching background, but he today, and not only today, he's just collected all sorts of experiences focusing in the area of performance analysis. And so Fernando Alva is the first team, a performance analyst of the New York Red Bulls. So um, let me just give a brief uh, introduction of uh, who Fernando is for all of our viewers and listeners. So Fernando Alba is a performance video analyst as well as a club scout and soccer coach. A little bit more about his education, uh, can, well, dates um, all the way back to November, 2012, when he got his national soccer coaches um, youth national diploma. And he's had ever since all sorts of licenses such as the ProZone Level 1, a match analysis, and ProZone Data Analysis. Also, we have the National Diploma with United Soccer Coaches, as well as the Advanced National Diploma. And then with the Federation, he's achieved the Level C, as well as Level B licenses. Um, now, a little bit more about his work experience. We have some of, some of these areas, uh, such as Director of Performance Analysis at Boca United Football Club in Boca Raton, Florida. 
to being a performance and analyst uh, analysis intern at DC United, now touching on MLS, and then followed by another performance, but this time a little bit of video analysis at Houston Dynamo, um, RGVFC, that's a Houston Dynamo USL affiliate. And well, ever since he's been now for a couple of years now, I mean, for over, over two years, it seems, I'm sorry, with the New York Red Bulls, uh, as a performance and analyst uh, all the way, uh, starting with Youth Academy to now the first uh, team. Fernando, is there anything that I probably left or chopped uh, in that intro about you? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it, it, it's, it's to the point straight. Um, just maybe a few things just to give a background, you know, about me a little bit, how I started, um, you know, I started as a, a volunteer soccer coach out in, um, in Leonia, New Jersey for a recreational team. And it, that's where it, it all began to kind of develop a little bit of the passion of educating and, and teaching players, you know, how to play the game and, and also most importantly to love the game as much as they can. And, and from there, that's where it all began, you know, taking step by steps, getting my licenses out there and, meeting other coaches, watching training sessions to understand what's the purpose behind what they're trying to teach and what they're trying to aim for in terms of a development standpoint of view. Um, yeah, and, and then from there, I, I did spend a few years in the, in the training programs out in New York Red Bulls in the youth side. So I that had to do a lot with the grassroots level. So working there, I specifically worked out in a club in Hoboken in and in a travel team and and overall, you know, objective was to develop those guys and, and and actually develop that passion for them and and I think when my time around there it was a great opportunity because I got to learn a lot from a lot of different youth uh, youth uh, program coaches and especially from the educators that we had they, they taught us many things of you know how, how to design a training but being very specific on what is the theme you know what are we focusing on and and how can we naturally progress this and if it doesn't work how can we regress it a little bit more to get you know what we're trying to achieve out of that training because sometimes you know you have this picture in your head and it doesn't come out but what what can we do a little different you know so I, I learned a lot of those things and and I was very fortunate with that and, and around that time I had this great opportunity to go out and watch the academy train so it, it was great to to see that and, and that was a bit of an eye-opener for me to kind of see those uh, level players and and the quality that they have and, and a lot of those guys that were there at that time are now you know playing in the MLS and now some of them in Europe so it's pretty unique to kind of to kind of see that a little bit yeah and when I was there the the opportunity was given to go scout um, a team and it was for an under 23 uh, Repos team and I was working under a coach uh, named Simon Lee at that time and and he gave me the the opportunity to go out there and and go scout uh, DC and, you know, at that time, you know, very young and excited. So I took the road trip with one of my colleagues as well, um, Daniel Gutierrez, we both went, I remember to go watch this game and, and we were so <laughs> nervous and excited, you know, taking notes now, <laughs> but it was a great opportunity for us, you know, and I remember that day as well on our way back from Maryland, back to Jersey, um, you know, we stopped at this rest stop taking notes and, putting our presentation and, and then sending it out to him. And, and, you know, and that was a bit of an eye opener to kind of understand 
how do they use that information? You know, how do they apply that information that we give them into training? So, and that was a little bit that kind of caught my attention a little bit more because that made me understand how much they value the information that you provide them and what can it help them to design their training for the week to get them prepared for the opponent that they're going to play against. So yeah, and from there, I just got, uh, you know, stuck into that role a little bit, learning more. And I got to work with a lot of different academy coaches. Well, like I said, one of them was Simon Lee. The other one was Paul Dono and and a few other guys there too as well. And it was a great, great opportunity. And yeah, and then from there, I wanted to challenge myself and kind of create a program. And and I just when I went to South Florida to take uh, the, the director of performance analysis there and, and, and video analysis and also a coaching job as well on the side. And, and that was a that was a really, really great experience as well at my time there. And the overall objective there when I was in Boca United was uh, to design this analysis program. But, you know, starting small first and then from there, we will build it across throughout the whole academy at that time. And I think we probably had a really good setup, I think, from if I think from now, from back then, the amount of resources that we had there, I think, was was great that we have compared to. I know how many other clubs have because I know it's not easy to film your yeah. training session and and uh, grab specific moments with a system that can make it easier for you. And and we were very fortunate. And I had a, a great director who also believed in that a lot. His name was Eric Eichmann and a really great guy. And he was he was full board on it and he wanted that implemented across. And And you can see how it helped a lot of the younger players and especially with the academy players. And, but most importantly, what my main job was there was um, to teach uh, coaches and to teach other analysts who were working underneath me, how, how we can simplify this process for them and for the coaches, but most importantly, uh, how the coaches can use that information, especially them grabbing specific moments because Biggest thing that I learned, uh, remember, in, in the beginning was sometimes we get very excited with the resources that we have. And we talk about so many things with the players, so many things that, you know, they had to do better and offensively, defensively, you know, but but sometimes we, we lose a little bit of track because sometimes it becomes too emotional at that moment that you want to address it. You know, it could have been different, but we, we have to look at the bigger picture of, um, what, what is the main things that we're focusing on that ties into their development, you know, as a whole for their age group? And I think that's the biggest thing. And how can you tie that into the curriculum of the club? How can that tie into the style of play, the vision that the club has? And that was one of the biggest things that I had to do and step in and simplify that process for them and make that easier, but also for them, but also the benefit for the players for their development purposes, because at the end, that was the biggest thing. How can we use these tools that we have to maximize their performance? Uh, but, but yeah, I thought that was a really unique experience. And then after that, that's when I got the opportunity to intern out in, in DC. And, and that was wow. a very, very good experience there. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, this is, this is great. You know, this is, this is one of the main reasons why I started this show is to make sure that I can touch on different agents of change in the soccer industry that probably people have no even not, not even a clue 
they exist. You know, we only see on the weekends the game, the product of that training session or sessions throughout the week, um, training sessions that are found in a prioritization, but there's so much more that goes with a training session and the performance of a team individually as well as collectively. And I think obviously the performance analyst has a key role to assist the technical staff, the head coach, the assistant coach, the goalkeeper coach in, in finding out what are areas of growth, what, where are the weaknesses and how we can we better develop those players. So um, this is phenomenal. What, what are, what are, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I had some other questions, but I'll get those to those, you know, later, but performance analyst, Fernando, do you only use video or what other resources can you use in your analysis? The biggest thing with the analysis is that, yeah, video can be, you know, how you say it, it can be very, a way that you, the way you see things and you're thinking in your head, you know, and you're convincing yourself, yeah, this is the way that they play. But sometimes the statistics and the data helps you back up that information and understand that, okay, what you're seeing matches with the information that the statistics give you and it gives you an idea, okay, you know, they're very good at these things, these specific things. It can be from the type of chances that they create in, in the final end of the field or how they break through from the opponents to get into the final end of the field. So it can be numbers, it can be heat maps that you guys, I know normally the, I see out there in ESPN, they put a little bit of the heat maps and little things like that that can give you an understanding, you know, and especially key players, specific players, you know, and I think with those type of tools that, that, that helps you out and it backs up your information, your video information that you have a little bit more on what you specifically are looking at and what you're seeing in terms of what their tendencies are from from the opponent side of things but uh but yeah no that that helps out so much uh, a little bit more when it comes to supporting the video information that you're trying to provide to to the staff and and i think it's it's really important that because sometimes and maybe everyone can relate and, you know, you can see so many stats, you know, and, and they can yeah. tell you so many things, but yeah, yeah <laughs> the most important thing is how can you narrow down that information that is it's straight to the point and, and you're nailing it down that this is who they are and this is what they do. And this is what ties with the information because, wow. you know, yeah. Cause too much is, you got to yeah. understand, you know, because yeah. as an analyst, you watch so many things and you have it in your head. The biggest thing is like, can you simplify your message to them and for them to get it? And it comes to the staff, it comes to the players, you know, because at the end, you know, is how you want to deliver that with such clarity to them, you know? So I think that's exactly. the biggest thing. Yeah. So I guess it is safe to say, based on your answer, I think that we've touched on this and hinted that video is probably not only not the only resource. It's just one of the resources that probably you have in hand. You probably track other statistics through their vests, the specially designed vests, and you see some, you know, acceleration, some physical aspects, acceleration and speed, and probably the endurance and the amount of steps and things like that to come up with a more objective uh, answer to those questions. Correct? Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything? 
anything else or different that you as an analyst yourself utilize as well besides those kind of tools? Uh, yeah, I mean, mostly just mostly statistics. And I, because in terms of my, my experience of what I experienced through, it's a lot of the, the opposition. So a lot of scouting the opponents and, and tying that to what the numbers tells you about them. And specifically again, of what, what can you use that can help you, how you say, support that information that you have to, to the staff and to the players as well, from my own experience. And then as well, you know, from my experience as well, from looking from our own performances of what we did well, and especially it just ties in, that is very important, especially when you're analyzing your own team is, what is the key areas that ties in the way we play? Because there's a thousand things that you can talk about in a game that you can do better, but what are the main areas that we have to do better as a group, you know? And, and I think when you look at those things and you have to be very clear-minded when you're approaching those things of how can this help us maybe for the next game or maybe for the long run. In terms of youth side, it has to be all about development and in, in terms of tying it to each phase of what you're aiming for from your and standpoint from the curriculum that you have from the club. Because from there, that's, that's how you can specifically evaluate of what's helping us, you know, what's been improving from our team, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, in, in the youth development, you know, yeah, the group is important, the functions are important, but it's also the single player as well, the individual player as well. How are they performing individually in terms of their responsibility and role? And I think now, I think many clubs now, I mean, I know my experience in the DA, but I know now is MLS uh, next. next. I think that, yeah, so now yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty similar now, but it's, um, but I know that a lot of those clubs now, they, they have a defined responsibility roles, you know, for each yeah. key player, you know, what, what the demand for, what they look for. And, and then obviously, yeah, the video and the, the technical action, the, the, the decision-making, the execution of why we make these decisions, you know, those are key things to, to evaluate. But again, it, the most important thing is just tying it to what the identity of the club is. And, and that's the, the biggest thing I can say. Um, in terms of GPS stuff, I don't have that much knowledge on that area, but, but I know that's also a key thing that they try to also tie that into the performances of the team and, and specifically looking if, you know, if they're hitting the max, the numbers that they need to hit based on how teams play. But, um, but that's my only experience on that. I don't know much about that area. Um, and I apologize for that, but. But oh no! Basically, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that that's from my experience in terms of in terms of the video with with you know from older players to senior level players in the MLS, mm. the USL, and and guys players in the academy. And I and again, I think that's so so important. You know how you tie that into your system, your identity. <clears throat> Absolutely. Uh, let us. Let us sidetrack for a little bit. Um, I would like to know, and probably everybody else would like to know, uh, tell us a little bit about your hometown, the way you were raised, and some of those, some of those uh, parts of the journey uh, growing up to be the person you are today. 
Yeah, sure. I mean, so I grew up in a town uh, called, what's well, a city? Well, everyone can say city or town, <laughs> but I, I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. And and yeah, wow. Patterson, yeah, Patterson is a great area. I I love it. You know, I learned so many things and, and the beauty of it that I like about it is that it's very multicultural. So you have, it's a very diverse area. So you have Peruvians, you have Colombians, you got Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, you got Argentinians, you got all sorts of different areas of, among the area and people from the Middle East. And it's amazing because there's so many great food that you can have. But but the biggest thing that I learned was that, and you know, I was very, I guess, fortunate the way I grew up. And, and I know times are different now compared to now and back then was that the way I started playing was just playing in the streets, <laughs> soccer and pickup games from there with my friends or my cousins. Or sometimes when I used to force my cousins or my little sister to just go play and just have two on two, you know, play in the background or the parking lot, you know, so you know, those little things. But as I grew up and grew older a little bit more and, and I started making more friends and playing outside and, and playing with my cousin and, and you know how it is when, when you have an older cousin, you play with older guys. So, yeah, exactly. and, and, I, and, I, and I think that's where I learned the most of, of understanding the environment that it's set for yourself, you know, when you're playing street soccer with older guys and how demanding they were, especially if you made a mistake. Oh man, they, they'll get on top of you. But that's right. But that that's the thing that I learned was that the environment that they set for you is just like you need to hold the standards and also you had to develop the character of, of handling those situations because I know as a kid it's like, ooh, you know, it's a little pressure. <laughs> but you yeah. start learning about yourself and you know, how can I handle this? How can I get better? And and you start learning about certain guys, what they like to do, what sort of moves they like to do, how can you stop him and but I remember outside my brain used to operate so much when, when I used to work with those guys, I played with those guys, sorry. And um, yeah, and yeah, and, and it taught you so many things. It taught you so many good lessons, you know, especially moments where you had to prove yourself, you know, and yes. you're the young guy, <laughs> they don't want to pass you the ball. They don't want to pass you the ball. But when you had the ball, you sure that you had to prove that you're able to play with these guys. And then from there, that's how they ultimately give you respect so much. But, but yeah, I, mean, I grew up there and, and from, and then eventually I moved to the city, a town next door. It was just called Heldon, New Jersey. So I moved there and went to high school over there to the school of Manchester. And, and that was when that was the moment I, I had the opportunity to play for, for my high school team. And, and that's where I got to learn a little bit more. And I, I made a, a lot of friends and, and, and I, I don't know, I guess, you know, some of my friends would tell me that I guess at a young age, they kind of sense in a way that I had the ability of trying to teach them what they can do, you know, what they can do better. But I, I never noticed that, but, but I always had a lot of good friends that eventually we, all, we always used to play. We used to train ourselves. We used to coach ourselves. It was funny, but uh, when I used to think about it back then, uh, but it, it was great. And, and again, and same thing as Eldon is, um, you know, the environment, the atmosphere, just playing outside and playing in the streets, making friends. And, and soon enough, you just develop this culture that everybody wants to play with you out in out in the streets and create this dormant. It was it's, it was crazy. Eventually, 
different people from different towns wanted to play against us. And it was, that was fascinating because I was like, wow, they spread the word out. I don't know how, That's people, right. how these guys end up here, but now we got to play against them. But um, That's fun, though. That's yeah. so much fun to meet new people and connect through a sport, through a game, and just play it out there. No rules or make your own. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. But I, I, when I look back then, I was like, wow, this is great because in a way we just created this culture now here. And then soon enough, we're not going to be playing as much because we're going to get jobs and, you know, go to school more. And, and now there's the new younger generations that take over and they, they do what they have to do, you know, and keep playing. But, but yeah, it, it was a great, great, but that's where I grew up. But, but just, a, I guess a fun fact, you know, I, I never, I, didn't play soccer as much you know I think when I was younger I played a lot and then I stopped and I played tennis but I played soccer for fun and then eventually I got back into it and I got stuck to that but I played so many different sports at a young age but it it was great but again I just it was due to the environment because you play basketball soccer football in the street you know it was all sorts of different things that I played when I was younger but I guess that's a a little fun fact I guess about myself (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah, no, this is this is great, man. It's there's so much color in your life, you know. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that you welcome cultures. You welcome your. Seems to me that you are very the a, a, an accepting person, diverse, inclusive, understanding. Those are great traits that probably all of us should should probably have, you know, or 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 achieve. Um, because the game in itself is, it's global. (laughs) It's universal, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah, absolutely. It brings everyone together. So I agree with you on that, uh, 100% on that one. But, but yeah, that, that, that was ultimately my, my history, I guess, of growing up in my town that I grew up in, but, (laughs) but yeah. That's so cool. (laughs) No, this is great. I'm having, I'm having a lot of fun getting to know more about you. Uh, see everybody there's so much more behind what a performance analyst is <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're, they're human <laughs> yeah we're, we're human <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny well um, I guess this leads me to the next question um, when did you decide you know I want to pursue a career path in soccer yeah so the <laughs> The way that began, it's it's a great, good question. And it's a very, very interesting story when I look back then. And, and I actually, it's, it's funny because I shared this story with someone two days ago and they were completely shocked by the whole thing, how that all happened. That's funny. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically what happened was, um, so when I was younger, teenager years, I, I, I worked different, so many different jobs. And, and, but there were so many things that you can take out of it. Um, so I worked in a clothing store, I worked at a flower shop, I worked at, you know, fast food places, and, but I ultimately always wanted to work, and then eventually I worked in a bank, and, and I think when I finished high school, I was playing, more, I was playing, I was working more in the bank, I was a, I was a teller, and, you know, at that time, you know, good money, young age, and, and I was at school, but I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do in my life, you know, and I don't think anyone knows when they graduate from high school. They say one thing, but there's another thought in, in the back of their head that, oh, well, I might think of us right now. But, uh, but, but what happened was eventually, 
you know, I think I made the decision that, you know, what I actually want to pursue to, to first it was to pursue to be a coach and I wanted to be involved in teaching, you know, players how to play the game. And, and I think one of probably the inspiration, I guess, that I, that kind of gave me a little bit more confidence. And I think around that time was, had to be Mourinho. I think when he was, wow big and coming up and I was like oh man this guy's interesting let me read about this guy and and I read a little bit of his history a little bit you know I think he he didn't play in the professional level he was just an average player but you know he took this direction and you know he was a translator and eventually his path just went the right way for him so that kind of gave me a little bit of confidence. I was like, all right, well, because I always used to think, well, you need to be a guy who played in the professional level to, to be able to do these things and, and reach sure. those stages. Yeah. So I, I was just, I think my mentality at that time and, and how it was, I guess, but, but then, yeah, it was like, okay, so if he did it, then maybe I can do it. I don't know. So I eventually, that's when I think I got involved a little bit more in coaching, but I think the moment that really hit me that I wanted to do this, yeah, one of that is looking at some guys, how they did it, reading a little bit more. And I think it was more, I remember when I was at the bank <laughs> and I remember it was the day before taking, I think the exam and I had a meeting with the human resource and they told me, you know, just to, they said, look, um, you know, basically you have to understand what you want, what you want to do. Cause I guess they kind of saw I wasn't really liking the bank lifestyle as much. And they told me, well, you know, you have to make the decision. Do you see yourself working in this bank for a long time in your future wise, or do you see yourself elsewhere? And I, I remember that moment sitting down and I was like, wow, that's actually a really good question. You know? And, and I don't know, it, it got stuck in my head and I, and they said, yeah, you just let us know you make the decision. So I was like, okay. And when I left, I remember going in my car and so many, you know, thoughts in my head, should I do this? Should I not do this? And, you know, it was always that fear that it might not work out or might be some disappointments, you know, with, with family. But eventually I just oh, said, you know, God. yeah. So eventually I said, yeah. I said, I said, all right, you know, I'm not going to do, it. I'm not going to go to the work to the bank. I'm going to do what I want to do. And and that ended up happening <laughs> so and wow. yeah i mean a lot of my my parents weren't too happy but i now they understood why at the end but <laughs> but in the beginning they weren't very happy but they were very supportive and what i wanted to do and and i know they always pushed me to be better and and do the right things sure. but i but i always just stuck to my path that i'm i'm going to do this and i want to be involved in the soccer industry a little bit more and yeah and then I think that was the moment I said okay I'm gonna go coach and and then I went to go coach and then from there from there that was it it was just all just soccer 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 so it was it was great it was a great that's great a experience. powerful that's a powerful story Fernando because there's a lot of people probably listening and watching and you know that we probably come across or we know uh who or we don't know, who are in the same situation, questioning what's my calling in life? Should I continue to dream or should I just fall in the status quo and follow what society tells me or has told me for so many years? Uh, I agree with you. I mean, my parents were a little bit shocked when I, when I told them 
I'm going to go into soccer. (laughs) You know, they're expecting what, I mean, they want the best for us, but they're probably expecting us to be attorneys or CEOs or, you know, business Mm -hmm. management, whatever that is. But this is so great to stick to your course. That speaks, personally, I think it speaks volumes about who you are. You decide to stick to your path. That was the turning point. And without it, you would have never been here. Yeah. How wild is that? You know? Yeah. And it, and I guess the most unique situation is to me. And so when, when I, I grew up in Jersey, obviously, when we spoke about that. But when I was a kid, I, I grew up watching um, well, Red Bulls. But back then, they were considered as uh, New York, New Jersey Metro stars. So I used to go to Giant Stadium to every weekend what? camp since I was a kid. Yeah, I, every time. My dad used to take me when I it was the year 2000. And and he would take me to every game. Because I remember the first game we went. And it was funny. We played against New England, and which we won yesterday. We beat New England. But, <laughs> but we went to go watch New England. I remember it was a Giant Stadium. And, and yeah, and I remember the first time just being around like the atmosphere, the fans and, and then watching, watching these guys play. And I remember Tap Ramos was in that team and oh my gosh, um, yeah. the German center back legend, uh, was it Walter Mateus was in that Walter team. Mateus. Yeah, there was so many, and it was amazing to see. And that was the moment I was like, wow, like I really like this. And, and as a kid, I was like, I want to be professional. I want to play on that field one wow. day for this club. And, and I remember from that, from that day on, I went every weekend. I used to annoy my dad all the time. Can we go? Can we go? <laughs> oh, my so, God. Yeah. Or let's go meet. Can we meet the players when they had these little guest appearances? And I was, yeah, I was like a small boy. just wanted to go everywhere. But but it, it, what's crazy to me is that I grew up loving that club so much and watched from, from being Metro Stars to Red Bulls, just knowing every history. And now that eventually I came back to work for a club where I grew up, you know, watching as a kid. And, and I think that's just, I, I still remain a little it's surreal moments. I'm like, wow, I'm actually, you know, I'm here, I'm working with this club, I'm working with these players, you know, and they don't know how much I love this team, <laughs> you know, how much I grew up watching these guys. And, and, you know, and then what's unique as well is that some of them, there's, players that played in the previous past that is working in the club and I'm like wow this is crazy I used to watch this guy play in the field but he doesn't know that well I did I watched (laughs) 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 but it's 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 surreal sometimes but I would never think in a million years that would ever happen but you just never know where, where you know it will guide you at the end so exactly oh yeah it's I mean it seems divine or it seems like destiny or that luck, but I have to thank the bank people. <laughs> exactly, yeah, the, <laughs> the bank. I will never forget the bank. I always bring that story up to everyone. That was the moment that question hit me. I think that was what the world was trying to ask me, something and tell me. That. Exactly. So. This is great. Oh my goodness. Um, all right, so uh, I guess we're halfway there, and I just want to remind everybody we are with fernando alva he is the performance analyst of the first team of one of our many mls uh, franchises in this case new york red bull and this is such a delightful conversation fernando uh it's just been great to get to know a little bit more about 
your beginnings, your path uh, professionally. Uh, I want to remind everybody to just use the hashtag the Alex way to find us in every social media outlet, or obviously you look us up in any platform, a podcasting platform, as well as remind you to order your um, specialty bread uh, just by going to the social media of Sugar Bread Co. I think we can get into more specific um, questions regarding your role now, but I would like to know, um, you know, it seems to me because of your story, it is just me assuming, of course I could be wrong, but it seems you had the gift of seeing the game, of reading and understanding the game. Um, playing in the street, from playing in the street to teaching the game, and then eventually ended up ending coaching. Um, at what point did you fall in love with the idea of being a performance analyst? Because you were into coaching and you still, like you did your coaching, you, you have your coaching badges, but I look at your resume, it's impressive, Fernando. It's, it's, a, it's a nice history of maybe coaching, video, but then performance analysis all the way. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say, well, all I'll say is I, I don't think it's a gift <laughs> of reading these guys. Well, I think it's more just the environment that I was in and just learning from different people, you know, what they see, what they think, and what they trying to attempt because I think every decision that a certain person makes, it kind of tells you a little bit of what they think and what their what their intentions are, you know? So I think I was very fortunate to to experience that at a young age and, and go to games and have conversations with my dad about the game or other people about the game. And, and yeah, and, and also I think what it has to do was, I think meeting coaches, I think that's the biggest thing of meeting coaches of what they see and what they view and what they believe because at the end is I feel like coaching and and the sport is so open there's no right or wrong answer and everyone has their own way of doing things their own way of playing and and you can you can see that you know and you know and different teams you got when you watch Manchester United versus Atletico Madrid you know they're very similar but different approaches but it's it's beautiful you know and you got Barcelona and it's completely different and that's why I think I'm very lucky that I met coaches and being around coaches and being in being in certain parts of environments and being in conversations sometimes I don't say anything I'm quiet I'll probably just listen and kind of just observe you know but <laughs> normally I'm like that and I normally get considered as the quiet guy in the room but I'm always listening. <laughs> wow. But uh, gotta watch it. Gotta watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think I was, I, I, I don't think I, I, I'm just was very fortunate to be around a lot of, a lot of good coaches and, and meet a lot of people and then how I grew up and just to understand a little bit of how, you know, what are some purposes behind their decisions and everything. But, um, but yeah. And um, in terms of the performance, how how I end up just staying there, I think I, I just fell in love with just the process of preparing. I think the preparation is what clearly made me fall in love with it a little bit more. And yet the performance analysis work, it, it, it can be a lot, 
but again, it is about how efficiently you can work when you're approaching to the analysis. Because again, you can, for example, is like, I guess when you show up to, you know, I'm not saying you're a messy guy or anything, but maybe in your office desk, you got so many things, you know, and you have to organize it and kind of simplify what you need. What are the things that you need that day to get your day going, you know, to start working. But with me, it's just, I love the process of the preparation and how you organize the information and how you can simplify that into simple words that it's going to help the coaches and the players to understand. And I think clarity is so important and, and narrowing down the information. And I think that's, that's one of the biggest thing. And, and the thing is, you know, the preparation, how can you put that onto the field because you can have so much information, but how can we use this now onto the field that it's going to help us to prepare for the opponents that we play and help the players believe that this is, this is the right way to do it because this is what's going to help us. But obviously the video is there and then you got the messages from, from the staff that will deliver it and emphasize more to it to the guys. So I think that those are those are key things that I think that I fell in love with the process so much behind it and but but yeah I think that that has to be it and how I just end up remaining in that role but but just to give you just a heads up I guess with the performance mm -hmm. analysis you know yeah performance analysis has so many I guess I guess you can say like I guess brackets or branches you can say you know, because one is opposition, one is about the team, you know, what can we do? And then the other one, you can see statistically, what is that? And then also player development. And I think player development is also important. And I, you know, went through those, through that phase and through that system of how can we develop these players and how can we help them to understand exactly what we're trying to ultimately achieve for him in terms of what we're looking for from his performance wise. and. You know, and there's so many things to it in terms of the approach of how you want to teach players. You know, and sometimes I think we we get stuck too much on in the direct approach, you know, just be direct and just tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. But sometimes they can just say this, they can nod their head all the time and say, yeah, yeah, but they, I don't think they got it, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes you have to ask them the question, like, what do you think? What did you see? What what could be something different that you can do in this situation, you know? And and sometimes it's good. I think uh, questions and guiding them to answer those things, I think will help them to understand what you're trying, what you're seeing and what you're trying to tell them as well. But I think the the relationship, the communication and and grabbing examples that ties into how they play in their position, you know, look at, for example, look at his fullback, the way he closes down against the winger or look how he defends the crosses and, and grabbing his moments and tying it into what the high level performance is and what it looks like. And I think those type of pictures helps out a little bit more for, for players to understand. And, and that was something that, I did a lot, I think, in my time in, in Boca United was, I remember we used to grab examples of w what ties into the training and what we're looking for and how it really looks like. And players, you know, they absorb that information. And I think it's so, 
beneficial for them to see that before training and to understand what what is training going to be about and and they have it in their head and they have these the answers and they have already okay this is the picture this is what we need to look for this is what we're going to do and and I remember just my experience there and, and I know I'm going sidetracking but I just want to talk about that experience is that at one, going, yeah, at one moment, the I remember these players, they end up sounding like coaches <laughs> on the field, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, hey, look for this face. Hey, open up your body a little bit more. Check your shoulder in this scenario, you know. If the pressure comes here, then this guy's free. And then it's like, holy God. You know, and they, they sound like us when we're presenting the videos. and they. But that tells you that they absorb that information from what you're teaching them and it, and it's amazing because at, at one moment it's like you don't even do your job anymore you just all right you know they they're they have the answers they're coaching you know they, they got it you know i don't have to say much to them because in a way we kind of created this culture in that video room that it was it was more like a classroom for them and and they held each other accountable and it was it was great i remember at that time in, in both united with, with those young guys and but yeah, I mean, I think that's so, so important, but there's so many, I think, brackets. And, you know, I think I probably forgot one more thing. You know, you've got the scouting and recruitment department as well, you know. That's so another department, yeah. That's also part of the analysis side of things. And have you, Fernando, have you experienced all of these buckets and different types of analysis? Or have you always uh, been in just one or a couple uh, of them i let's see not so much with well actually no i did have but not i said very heavy as i am in terms of the opposition and and i probably in the youth like in development standpoint of view for the player and for the team uh in terms of the recruitment and scouting I probably can talk about my time when I was with the younger guys and how we used to identify players and and what if we felt like this guy fits of the way we play and how he is personality wise and how he is you know his thought process you know, of, of certain situations but but yeah I mean that was my time I remember just we're in Boca United um, I think when I used to volunteer my time in Red Bull Academy. Uh, but it was a lot of based on reports, just kind of handwriting reports based on what we saw. This is what we have. So now, you know, when we see him again in person, we're able to see him a little bit more. But that was just my only time in my experience in, in Boca United and, and when I used to volunteer uh, years ago for, for the academy. All right, Don, this, this makes perfect sense. Well, let me ask you this now. Which one is your preferred? Uh, type of analysis I mean because obviously maybe no you are in fact doing opposition at the moment but maybe you not only enjoy opposition maybe you enjoy one the most or a couple of them. so which which of those are there I I like to do the opposition I think the opposition is the one that I enjoy the most because Again, it's just I, I like cracking it down and and trying to find ways about this team, what they do, why they change the system, and what are their weaknesses, and what all you know. And again, just the process of, of the preparation, and I, and that's how it first started when when I uh, volunteered my time with the under twenty three squad for for Red Bulls when I volunteered back then, and 
and that's when it was a little bit of an eye opener about like, wow, these informations you're given, these situations, they're working on this now. This is how we're going to attack. This is how we're going to defend. And you're just like, I think in that moment when I was volunteering, that's that was the eye opener for me that I was like, okay, I like this, <laughs> you know, but and I remember being that young too there I remember I was so nervous I remember I was like man I hope I got every information right you know I just watched one game because <laughs> it was at that time you know because I think when they played in the MPSL I don't think there was teams that filmed their games so I had to physically go over there and just watch you know and and see and but yeah I remember it was so nerve-wracking but Thank God everything <laughs> went happy. That's more streamlined. <laughs> yeah. This is this is awesome. Um yeah. Oh my gosh. This is, yeah, this is a fun conversation. I'm I'm telling you, I'm 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 having a blast here. This is this is probably my best conversation yet. Sorry to every other interviewee. <laughs> yeah, sorry to every other guest that I've had. Um so I, I wanna I wanna follow up with 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 this, um, uh, how sick, well, no, hold up a second. Yes, let me rephrase it. So in terms of comprising a staff, obviously a technical staff is gonna be composed of that head coach, one or two assistant coaches, depending upon the club and the head coach and, and why not the sporting director. Uh, so a head coach, an assistant coach, or two of those, the goalkeeper coach, the medical team, um, and uh, the, the the physical uh, trainer, uh, of course, uh, and then the performance analyst. In your case, um, how many performance analysts comprise that bucket of, of analysis? Uh, it's it only mainly you for the first team, or you have a couple a couple more okay so you're asking like how many analysts do we have specifically for for the team yeah for, that, with, with that, that working and, with uh coach straw yeah yeah yeah. Strauber, yeah yeah i we have three analysts so normally yeah it'll be three of us that will support him in anything and then as well yeah um we have one that works in the USL and we're ultimately getting one more in the academy. Um, but, and I find it very, I said, I think it's a great, great club that, you know, that they value a lot of the analysis and a lot of, you know, supporting the coaching staff with information, you know, with based on, you know, again, performance of the team, performance of the opponents and, and supporting him in anything that's requested. But, but I, I find this this setup very unique compared to to many other clubs that I've been to. Um and I I I think, yeah, I think it's a great, great setup for for any, I think, coaching style. I think they will they will love that. You know, and I think God in, in Europe <laughs> in Europe, I think they got probably thirty analysts for, for one <laughs> for the first thing coaching set. But oh my goodness. You know, but you know, it, it's 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 growing. It's growing, and I think the analysis throughout the country is growing more and more and more. And I think coaches and clubs are valuing it a lot more because they're realizing how valuable it can be, and especially, I said, to enhance the process of preparation 
That can be from the player development standpoint of view. It can be from the recruitment standpoint of view, from the physical data. You know, it can be so many things. And I think, uh, you say this country, they're aiming to try to go into that right direction. So, yeah, I think it's, it's very, very valuable, I think, in my opinion. <laughs> so, of course, this is great. So, and, and, and it's just to get to know a little bit more about, obviously, how, how the, you know, someone in your position works with a technical staff, because this is a teamwork, it's not a solo situation. Um, so, obviously, taking a look at your resume, you've been with the club since 2020, uh, actually, before they brought in uh, Coach Strauber. Uh So you were there when, when, when the coach started. Um, how, how was, how was that, that uh, communication and setting expectations? What, what, what are some things that maybe not, all, not him, but a head coach that you expect personally of a head coach so you can work well with them? Yeah, I think from, from my experience, you know, from, from working with so many different head coaches is when someone comes in is just one understanding. And I think obviously Red Bull has one way and they, and they play one way and that's the only way that we'll play. But yeah. I've experienced with other coaches, you know, if it's someone that's different coming with a different approach, different identity, different playing style, I guess it's just understanding what specifically he's looking for from his team. And, and then I, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing, right? Someone comes in, you have your staff talking about the style of play, specifically what we're looking for, what we're aiming for. And I think that's the, the thing, but then also just understanding as well, what, what sort of asking the experiences of what they encounter from their previous club of how they, want to deliver video how they want to structure out the week in terms of delivering the video because th those are key things just so we can adapt and we can adjust or maybe when, when we share our experience with him maybe he wants that experience but i think it's just understanding the way he would like to work and what is an efficient way to make this easier for him when when a coach comes in and steps in and wants to, you know, basically start leading the group and start doing the videos start working with their staff and, and basically defining, defining roles and responsibilities. I think, I think those are the main things that when any coach comes in, um, how can we define these things for my staff to understand what their roles are, what I'm looking for. And more importantly, what I look for, in terms of a playing style of how this team plays and what I'm looking for, you know? So I think understanding that and helping him, you know, see these pictures and seeing these examples, you know, and I'm just speaking out of experience from other clubs, you know, how can, you know, if it's a team that defends in a 4-4-2, you know, uh, what are some good examples you can get out of it? You know, um, it can, the benefit can be from if you work in a USL team and you have a relationship with an MLS team, that also helps out because you can grab some examples. But if you have no affiliation to it, you know, there's some examples that you can use from other teams that can help you paint the picture a little bit. 
but ultimately those are some key things that basically will will kind of help you out a little bit and as well for the coaches to kind of define what their roles and you know what are the roles for each and one and what is the structure of training and the video and what he would like to do on the day of the game you know so there's there's so many things behind that this is okay so this this leads me to one more question to understanding and i'm just trying to understand the big picture of your day-to-day -day or your week by week um that's that's the head coach and analyst um in this case uh relationship what is the communication or relationship like between you and a player a relationship with uh with me and the player that's what you're asking yeah okay yeah i mean with the players it's i mean it's i guess it's something really simple i guess you know because I guess they they ultimately will respect you when I guess when you after doing so many presentations, I guess you can say when you're talking about the opponents, you know, and yeah, exactly. you know, and a lot of them get shocked, like, oh wow, you know, and you know, I think the other day, the other because you know, normally I'm the quiet guy, so I don't normally say much. Oh my you know? god. So yeah, yeah. so it is an interesting dynamic because yeah, it was funny because the other day I was playing with the staff and I remember one of the players I I never I never knew you played. I was like, man, I like but it's like if I didn't play, I wouldn't be able to do my job. <laughs> but, oh my god. Yeah, but it's funny because you know they they don't know the other side of me as much. They they know me as the teacher that will explain these things to me and and simplify it and and you know, and I think once they they get a feel of it and they understand that you understand the opponents and how you see them and because some of the guys, you know, I've experienced that just in this team and other teams, you know, they watch games as well. So, you know, and they understand and they see it and they understand, you know, it ties into what you have. And especially when you tie that in with data and everything, they, they start seeing, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And yeah, we know this player. And, and once they start asking more questions and questions, you know, I think ultimately that's the relationship you develop with them. And, you know, because they want to know more, they want to, understand you know oh you know if this guy plays what do you think you know so it's it's amazing because i think once they ultimately start coming to you about asking you know about the opponents or what they can do better you know i think and right there is just the ultimate respect that they give you at that moment that they see okay you know he, he can help me he understands you know he can he can help me on these side of things and sometimes players you know will request can you send me things about, you know, I guess, for example, maybe it's a striker yeah. trying to find ways of how to beat defenders and, you know, how can we help them? And, and they love that. They enjoy it. So the more they come is the more that they, they value a lot of the, the analysis department. So, and I think that's, that's great in my experience in, in the relationship, but I, I try to, with a player, always have a fair balance with them. You know, I can show my human side with them and not talk anything yes. about the game and make them feel more comfortable and, and just at ease. Like, okay, you know, I'm not, you know, I don't want to be the guy who's so tense. It's just, we're just going to talk about soccer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, cause sometimes they want to yeah. talk about something else and they want to joke around and, and again, I think that's just my, my, I guess, benefit of just understanding them in those things. But in terms of player and analyst relationship, yeah, I just see it that way where, 
the more they the more they come and the more they ask is the more they they respect us a lot more in those in those areas that's that's fantastic um yeah we're we're about we're we're almost uh, almost done with this fantastic conversation um and uh and yeah we're with fernando alba uh just 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 know that you know a performance analyst uh, who has a coaching background um i would also come to say even teaching you know video analysis as well um currently at new york red bull and uh yeah just getting to know about you has been a phenomenal uh time to be honest so so much value in here and it makes me learn about you and your job better um when it comes to presenting so those presentation moments or teaching moments in which you're you know talking to um the players and obviously the staff is in there um how short must the presentation be because i'm sure there's so much information out there but obviously you've said something some things that are key you say you said earlier well part of the job or my expectation is to know exactly what the coaching staff is trying to achieve uh what the playing style and game model model is all about um in your case it's about analyzing opposition so probably set pieces as well as tactical tactic moments in attack defense transition um but there's so much though but with that guidance you summarize things how how short is that presentation that must be a challenge yeah no that that is uh that is a challenge and i so the way i approach in those presentations is before I even start with the presentation, both behind the scenes and all that stuff, is you have to really think clearly what this team is, what what they like to do, what is their identity, why why they're so good, and why what are they not so good at, and because sometimes you can say it, you get stuck with one simple structure. Okay, we show this, we show this, we have to show every phase. Okay we get it but what are what are what what does it make this team so good what are some things that okay we have to really show this to these guys in the video and there has to be so much emphasis why they're so good at this you know in in an attacking standpoint it could be defensive why they're so good at winning the balls in the middle third and then go straight to the counters and why you know it's all these little things and and the challenges for me is again, every coach is different. Every coach is different. You know, there's certain coaches that are okay, you know, max, you know, maximum of 10 minutes, you're okay. Go ahead and do it. You know, it's fine. Um, you know, and and there's some coaches like, hey, you know, just you got five minutes, just do it, you know. And the video can be short and concise. It can be three minutes, three minute long video and simplify it. Um, from my experience. Um but again, it really comes to ultimately how the coach wants to operate. But in terms of the question there, yeah, I mean, I try to give a description of what they're doing in those phases and what they're ultimately trying to, to do. And with one picture, one image, it's so powerful that if it matches to what your words are saying, it's clear, it's crystal clear. The guys understand exactly what this team is about. 
And yeah, and those those are some key things that for them to understand as well that the opponents that you're playing, you know, they're this is what they're good at. And ultimately that okay, I said, especially when you're in a situation where when you're in a streak, you know, and confidence can be really high. You know, and sometimes psychologically you have to be like, this team is really good at this and they're very dangerous. So they can understand. So they can be a little bit like, ooh, okay, like we gotta be ready. We have to be ready. You know, so I try to project my voice a little differently when I put a little emphasis on it. And and that helps a little bit more for them to understand those those things. But but yeah, it's about grabbing the key things of what their strengths are, grabbing key things of what their weaknesses are. So, so they can see, okay, that's a weakness. Now I understand the way we play, what sort of strength we can use against against these guys. And, you know, and that's how normally it will it will start. And that's how it always will begin. And but normally, yeah, just simplify it to that way. And and then obviously, you know, summarize it at the end, you know, what are the main three key areas that, you know, at the end when you finish, like they're good at this. This is what they do and and simple. And if guys have any questions, they'll ask and and you just gotta be prepared to to answer those questions. But but yeah, I mean normally that's my experience with my video presentations is just clearly just giving descriptions of what the team is about. I do not provide any tactical solutions or anything like that because that's not my position to to give that you know that's more for the for the coaches to do that I'm more from my experiences with with different clubs that I work in is I always gave a description of what this what this team is about and what they like to do this is fantastic you're you're genius. That's that's awesome. That is a beautiful, brilliant answer of what really encapsulates being in your shoes, which probably is not easy to have so much information and filter it out, condense it, and then communicate it. It's you gotta have those soft skills to the nail, to the T. Communication, listening, observation. I mean. Yeah, I, I, I have a lot of respect for what you do. It's phenomenal. And um, I think we've reached, you know, the end. So before we, we conclude this, uh, this uh, you know, this interview, I would like to do my lightning round that I typically do, which is I give you a word, I, I give you a couple of words. So, so I give you a word. And then hopefully you can just answer as quickly as you can with the first word that pops in your head. Yeah. Um, if it's a phrase, that's fine. No, no big deal. But um, some things that I've picked up in the conversation, if that's okay. Yeah, no problem. Awesome. Awesome. This is Fernando Alva's lightning round and we'll get started. All right. First thing. U.S. U.S. meaning U.S. soccer or U.S. national team or the, the country? U.S. as a country. Uh, I think it's a great country. You can come into the country and do whatever you like. And that's the beauty of this country. You come with a dream and then you ultimately achieve the dream. So we don't get any luckier than that. <laughs> <laughs> Your hometown. 
Mm, hometown, unique. I'll say unique. I love it. <laughs> so many, <laughs> so diverse. You can go anywhere you like to try different foods and learn about different cultures. Your family. Family. Supportive, very understanding, and I appreciate them so much for everything that they've done. I know I can be very stubborn at times, but they still love me <laughs> and I still love them and, and everything, but, um, but very, very supportive parents. And I appreciate for everything that they've done for me. <laughs> Boca Raton. Ooh, Boca Raton. <sighs> Great place. I miss the beach, great food and an amazing atmosphere. And I loved it because I didn't have to experience that much snow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to just deal with sun. So not bad at all. <laughs> New York Red Bull. New York Red Bulls. An amazing club with so many great resources and a club that I will always love forever because I grew up watching them since I was a boy and and to me it's just awesome to be working for them and being part of part of the club and organization so and hopefully win the MLS Cup with them and I think that would be an amazing achievement with them <laughs> two, two more okay <laughs> two more <laughs> um one is the soccer ball. The soccer ball. Soccer ball. What can I say about the soccer ball? Soccer ball helped me make, make new friends. Soccer ball gave me so many valuable lessons that from a game that you can tie it into life. Um, and then also, I guess you can say it also brought a lot of peace and I guess peace of, of mind, I guess, for myself, you know, and I thought every time I every time I played with the ball, you felt very free and and you always forgot about the external things that are going outside in your life and you forget about it. And and that's what I think about the soccer ball. <laughs> And then the last one, since you analyze a position, a position. Say mm -hmm. <laughs> the opposition. Do you want me to say analyze the? What can Anything I say? Anything comes to mind. Yep. Anything about an opposition? <laughs> That's what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. Opponents. You analyze them all the time. So, what do you think with with that word? About that word. What do I think of that word? When I when I hear the word opposition or when I, I'm in that area, I always have the mindset that I'm ready to go to war against those guys. So ready to figure <laughs> everything about them, understand why they do this, why they play that way, why do they make certain substitutions. And I try to pick everything about them to to get ready for that war that we're going to play at the arena or at any other stadium. And yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That concludes our lightning round. And, you know, I really want to ask this last question. And that is, what would you, Fernando, tell that man, woman, 
or young fellow who would like to be in your shoes. Maybe they're at that bank or maybe they're not. But what do you tell to an aspiring performance analyst or coach, um, you know, passionate, someone who's passionate about coaching? Yeah. Um, what I would say to any individual that wants to achieve anything, it can be performance analyst or anything that they want to do, is that they, they have to be ready to, I guess you can say, to suffer in a way, because, you know, the, the way I got here wasn't, wasn't easy, you know, and, you know, you go through ups and downs where there's some doubts and fears that you're not really sure this might work out or you might end up being there. But it's, it's understanding how do you handle those situations and how you understand yourself and, and ultimately clear your mind that, that you're able to, to do this and, and have that sense of belief you know, and, and if you're, if you can't handle pressure situations, then, you know, is it's always good to go to the, to the safe and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, it's okay yeah. to have a normal job, but I think in anyone who's trying to pursue something in their life, that's their passion. You just got to be ready to sacrifice so many things and understand that that's part of the growth process because, at the end, when you ultimately achieve something, it you will understand why you had to go through that. So, and it's 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 a good thing to to try to understand. And and I think one thing that I that I took out and I just recently watched the Tom Brady documentary. He talks about the Chinese man farmer and about basically this story was about that it can be a good thing that happens to you, but the good thing cannot necessarily mean that's going to be good for you. It can be bad. And also the bad thing cannot necessarily be something good, um, bad for you. It can be a good thing at the end. And you have to understand that that's what life is trying to tell you, you know, especially when you suffer, you know, and you're suffering and going through a bad time, you know, it's, is to understand because maybe that bad thing is for something good. That's going to tell you later on that you just didn't know. So, I will leave it like that and and yeah and just you just got to be ready to to be committed to that and sacrifice a lot of things because it's not it's not easy but that's what I can share with them that's impactful I wanted to thank you so much for your time um and for the really I, I'm telling you fruitful conversation eye-opening conversation sharing more about uh, your work. I want to wish you the best, uh, nothing but blessings for you as you keep going in your job and for your future. And uh, obviously I want to publicly thank uh, Luis Swisher for allowing me to, to get in touch with, uh, with you. So I hope you felt comfortable and I would love to remain in touch with you if that's okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. Any questions that you have, you're more than welcome to ask. There's no no problem at all with that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Fernando. This was Fernando Alba, a performance analyst with an MLS franchise, New York Red Bull. Um, remember, just go into any social media platform, YouTube or podcasting platform, and search for the podcast and show, The Alex Way all about passion, uh, dedication, and leadership. 
in the soccer world. Until next time, guys. You've been listening to The Alex Way. We're all over the internet. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Yes.